It's good to see you here. Uh, today we begin a new uh, sermon series uh, entitled The Portraits of the Divine. Um, and kind of the, the image, you know, for lack of a better word, other than portraits, um, is the point is we're going to look at these portraits, these images, think art piece, speaking of art, <laughs> uh, of who God is. Uh, we're going to look at these pictures, these images that the scriptures are full of to describe um, God's character, to describe his activity, to describe what he's done. And, and there's going to be these metaphors, these pictures, these portraits that we'll see about who he is and that will also shape um, who we are and, and what he promises to us and what, what we're called to do in our life, but also what what comfort we can receive because of who he is. And so for the next handful of weeks, we're going to look at a couple different images or portraits of God from the scriptures and see what that means in our life. And today we begin with this picture, this portrait of God as our refuge. Uh, we began, uh, or we had in our, our, our scripture this, uh, this morning, uh, Psalm 46, which begins with those words, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. That picture of God being a refuge uh, is one that, that maybe you haven't thought of a lot, or maybe you've never used that word specifically, that word refuge before. It's not a common word we use, but, but I found a helpful definition about refuge, and I think uh, it helps shed light on what it means that God is our refuge. Here's kind of a definition of what a refuge is. Uh, a refuge means being in the condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, and trouble. To find refuge in something means to be safe and sheltered from, from pursuits, something that's pursuing you, from the danger around you, and from the troubles of life. And Psalm 46 is holding up this portrait that God, God is that refuge for us. That that's who he is. He is our refuge. What are the things that, that are pursuing you that you just can't seem to shake? Like, what are maybe the habits you have or the situations in life that, that you just can't seem to get rid of and it just feels like they're pursuing you like an army looking to overtake you? Or what are the troubles and dangers that are in your life right now? Like, if you were to kind of think through and be like, if I were to make a list of my biggest troubles, the biggest dangers I'm facing, what would your list look like right now, because I'm willing to bet that we all have things that give us trouble. We all have things that are giving us this sense of danger or fear and worry. And it may all be different for all of us, but, but I'm willing to bet all of us walk in at least with something, whether it's big or small. Uh, if, if you don't know, today is a very special day in the church year. It's known as Reformation Sunday. If you grew up in the Lutheran church, you probably know that already and why we have the red pyramids around us. Um, it's celebrating Reformation Sunday, which is a way to honor and celebrate what happened about 500 years ago in the life of Martin Luther, where we get our namesake as a Lutheran church. Um, he was a Catholic priest, a monk, who decided to say, hey, I think the church has gone off course. Which was a big thing for him to say to, to the one holy Catholic church that oversaw all of Christendom at that time. And he kind of stood up and said, 
I think that we've stopped being faithful to God's word. He had people pursuing him, quite literally, uh, the Holy Roman Emperor, uh, who, that was like getting called into the principal's office, and the principal could just kill you on the spot, and everyone would applaud. That's what was happening with Luther in his day. But even beyond that, he had troubles, he had dangers in his life. He, he had lost a child in their early months of life to disease. He had friends, he had other family members who he loved and he leaned upon who, who died tragically in his life. And in the midst of all of that, of, of the death he faced, of the, the church that he was a part of, who was like, you're a heretic and we want to, to burn you at the stake. <laughs> On top of all of that, he dealt with constant bouts of depression throughout all of his life that he could not shake. So if anybody could kind of relate to us and the troubles and the dangers, now I don't know that you have a holy Roman emperor chasing after you and wanting you to die, but Luther gets it. He understands the trouble and the dangers and the pursuits of this life. And here's what's so amazing. Luther was very clear on this. He would turn to Psalm 46 when he needed comfort. He would turn to this psalm and read these words when he was in danger, when he was in trouble, when he was being pursued. He would read these words, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, you may hear that and be like, Pastor Andy, that's great. God is our refuge. But how do I, how do I experience that? Like, those are just words. How do I know that God is my refuge? What does that mean? And that's what I want you to consider for a little bit this morning. Not only that God is our refuge in trouble and dangers and pursuits, but how God is your refuge in all of those ways. And in Psalm 46, we kind of see a few different ways that, that he shows himself to be our refuge, our safety, our shelter. Uh, the first is this, that, that God is your refuge when you're facing trouble and hardships and pursuits because he is with you in the danger, in the trouble. Listen to these words from Psalm 46, verses 4 through 7. The psalmist says that there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. See, what the psalmist is doing is using this language that for, for Jewish people, they would have been like, ah, he's talking about the people of God. The holy habitation was a way of talking about the people of God. And he's saying, God is right there with us. And did you catch what else is going on? The nations are raging. I guess it was political season back then too. And everything seems to be going crazy and everybody's out of control. And yet, what are the people of God doing? The people of God are are sitting in shelter and in safety as the world around them is chaotic. And they're saying, we have peace because God is with us in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the dangers. Maybe you've had something like this happen in your life where you are facing a difficult situation, 
you're facing maybe a difficult decision, you're facing something that, that is going to be hard, that you need help with, and you have a friend or a family member or someone you know that you're like, hey, I, I want to kind of enlist their help. I want to get them to come alongside me and to be with me, whether it's just like to hold my hand or to like let me vent or, or, or to actually do something and help me through it. And, and you ask them ahead of time, you're like, hey, this is coming up and I think I'm going to need help. Can, can I call you? Can you come with me? Whatever it may be. And they're like, yes, absolutely. I will be there for you. And then when the time comes, um, they ghost you, as the kids like to say. They flake out on you. They're nowhere to be found. And even though they told you they'd be with you, when the trouble actually came, when the danger actually showed itself, you then realized they left me high and dry. How does that make you feel when that moment happens? For me, when those times happen, it is devastating. Like it, is, it is distressing because you were leaning upon someone, you reached out to them and said, I need your help, and they said, yes, I will, but then they let you down. They turned their back on you for whatever it was. Here's what I want to let you know. That God is our refuge means he will never do that. You never have to wonder or worry, God, are you going to be with me when this comes? Are you going to not turn your back on me when I face this? Are you going to be with me and see me through this? And the unequivocal answer from God is yes. And again, you may be like, Pastor Andy, that's great, but those are just words. Um, but here's what I want to let you know. And here's why I have so much confidence that God is with you in the midst of your trouble is because what is in 56 days, friends? Anybody know? Who, who, who said it? Who's, say, it, say it louder, come on. Christmas. Christmas, no, Thanksgiving, a little bit sooner than that. It is Christmas, friends. It is Christmas. And some of you, I say that 56 days and your heart starts beating. You're like, Pastor Andy, I didn't need the stress this morning thinking about that because I've started my shopping. Not at all. And I've got a list all the way down and I didn't mean to cause stress in your life, but but Christmas is coming, and, and to, to use the cheesy phrase, it is important when we sit and, and we celebrate Christmas to remember the reason for the season. As cheesy as that is, the reason for the season is not delicious food, although the food is delicious. It is not having fun with family, although sometimes it's not very fun. <laughs> It's not any of those things. It's not the snow maybe on the ground. It's not the, the music. It's not any of that. The entire point is to celebrate that when God says he's with us, he means it. Because he showed up. The God of the universe entered into our world. And we celebrate that at Christmas. That God showed up that when he says, I'm with you, he means it. And so that means you can have confidence when you are facing your troubles, your dangers, your pursuits. You can say this to yourself and you can, you can, you can say this prayer and you can say this reminder, God is with me. As simple as it is, whatever you're facing, as you're as you're taking on that danger, as you're surrounded by trouble, you can say to yourself, God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. 
And sometimes you maybe have to shout it at yourself because it's really hard to believe sometimes. But when God says it, he means it. He will never turn away from you. He is with you. He is your refuge. But it continues. It also means that not only is God with us in the dangers, God has already dealt with your biggest problems. He has already dealt with your biggest troubles, your baddest fears. He's already dealt with it. Uh, This is how the psalmist puts it in Psalm 46, 8 through 9. It says, Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth, how he makes wars cease to the end of the earth, how he breaks the bow and shatters the spear, and he burns the chariots with fire. And you're like, Pastor Andy, what is going on? (laughs) That language that the psalmist is using is referring back to the story of the Exodus. Which, if you remember from Sunday school, is when the people of God were enslaved in Egypt and they were under oppression, under slavery, and God showed up and rescued them and and burned the chariots with fire and dealt with the Egyptian army and dealt with Pharaoh and brought freedom and and restoration to his people. And the psalmist is, is in the middle of his own dangers and troubles, and what he does is he says, I'm gonna look back at what God has already done. And I'm not facing the Egyptian army right now because God has already dealt with it. God has dealt with our slavery. God has dealt with our biggest problems already so I can have confidence that he's going to deal with the one I'm in right now. He's already dealt with the biggest ones. He'll deal with this one too. I can trust him. I can lean upon him. I want you to think back to to that question I asked you near the beginning of what are the dangers and troubles in your life that you face, that you're in the middle of? Here's where I'm willing to bet that for many of us, whether it's now or whether it was a time in the recent past, they have felt like the biggest problems that we have ever faced. It can feel like our world is crumbling, like we are facing the most difficult thing that we will ever go through. But what if, and I know this is going to be hard to think, what if it's not? What if it isn't the biggest, most terrifying, baddest thing that you will ever have to face? What if it isn't? What if God has already dealt with your biggest problem and that the thing you're facing isn't it? What if? And you're like, what, what does that mean, Pastor Andy? Well, you remember back when you were a kid, if you were like me, and you would take your hand, and you would like make your finger like close to this, and you'd like squish people? You guys ever do that? Like, I'm squishing you guys right now. And you can do it to me, too. Like, put your finger up there, you can squish me, too. And it makes your hand look so big, and it looks, the other thing looks so small. And here's the thing, if I walk closer to you, like, my hand, like, is obviously not going to be able to Like, it's not bigger than you, but it's all a matter of perspective, right? Like, that's the whole point. It's a matter of perspective. And what what this verse opens us up to is to fix our perspective rightly, to have our perspective set on this. 
It may feel like the biggest problem in my life is the thing I'm going, with, going through right now, the biggest trouble that I'm facing ever I'm going through right now, but, but here's what I would like to offer to you. It is like you taking your hand and putting it right in front of your face. And it feels like it's the biggest thing. But God opens us up to the possibility that it's not. Our biggest problem, according to the scriptures, is not the thing we're going through right now. It's actually the sin, as Christians say, in our hearts and minds. It's the thing that flows out of us, that hurts others, that hurts ourselves, that pushes us away from God. Because there's nothing you and I can do to deal with that sin. There is nothing you or I could do to fix that problem. And even more than that, we all know that eventually we pass away from this earth. There is a death in front of us. And it's like a runaway train that there's nothing we can do to stop that. Our biggest problem may feel like the thing going on in the moment, but the scriptures would lead us to think that actually the biggest problems in our life, the biggest trouble is the sin in our hearts and the death that is ahead of us. And there is nothing we can do about it. But there is one who can and there is one who already has dealt with it. See, Jesus Christ has come and he's taken your sin upon himself. He dealt with the problem that you and I can't. He's forgiven you of all of your sins. He got treated like he lived your life, so now God treats you like you lived Jesus' life. You are treated as if you have been perfect as Jesus has been perfect. You have been forgiven. You have been given life eternal, and that death that is, that is ahead of us, God says you do not need to fear it because I will raise you up just like Jesus rose from the dead. Listen, God has already dealt with your biggest and baddest and worst problems, your sin and your death. He has dealt with it. And so when you're in the middle of your, your hardship, your trouble, God invites you to, to take your hand and, and to say, listen, it feels like it's this at the moment but let me get it in proper perspective. It's hard. It's painful. We want it to be over. We don't want the trouble. We don't want the dangers to be around us, but we return to the shelter, the safety that, God, you have already dealt with my biggest problems. And so you will deal with this one, but I know I can trust you in the middle of it. He has dealt with your biggest problems. He is your refuge. But lastly, and this is really important to remember, God is our refuge not only because he is with us, not only because he has dealt with our biggest and baddest dangers and troubles already, he's done it all without your help. He's done it all without my help. Sometimes we can think that God just needs us to meet him halfway. There's this common phrase that maybe you've heard it, um, God helps those who help themselves. Let me let you know, that is nowhere in the Bible. Because here's the thing God does. God helps those who can't do a thing for themselves. God comes in and brings rescue and help 
and deliverance and safety and shelter to the people who can't do anything for themselves. I love how the psalmist puts it in, in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Translation, God doesn't need your help. He's done all of his work to deal with your problems, to deal with the biggest things in your life all on his own, and he promises he will keep doing it. So you don't have to try and be like, oh, I gotta fix this thing, I gotta do that, and I gotta figure out what I gotta do. What he invites you to do is to sit in his grace and his power and to know that he is bigger than all of it and he promises to fix it. Even when we're in the middle of it, he promises that he will fix it. He promises he will bring it to to an end and that there will be goodness and wholeness and safety all throughout our days. He promises that and we can know it because he's already dealt with the biggest problems. He's already dealt with our sin, with our death, and so we lean on that and we say, God, let me trust in you and your power and your grace because you've done it all for me without my help. You don't need to fight your biggest battles. God is doing it for you. God is your refuge. God is your strength. So Martin Luther, when he was going through those battles and those struggles, those temptations, he would turn to Psalm 46 and he would reflect upon that, that God was with him, that God had already done the biggest thing in his life and that God would promise to always take care of him and was, was going to do all of it even without Martin Luther's help. And, and he took all of that promise, all of that good news, and he started to write. And, and one of the things he wrote um, was a song that, that he simply titled at first kind of a song of comfort, a hymn of comfort, because that's what he felt as he read Psalm 46. We would later know the song, and maybe you've heard it. Um, the song is called, A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. And, and we're going to take some time this morning to sing that now as, as a response, but I invite you to see it as a prayer that you would pray, God, you have promised to be my refuge, my strength. I'm going to lean on you, and I'm going to trust in you in the midst of my troubles, in the midst of my problems, and know that you're bigger than all of them, that you're fighting my battles, that you promise to be with me, and that you will see